if this mind map keeps growing, then it can get very overwhelming. And it also no longer focuses where you put your time and your energy. Because we all only have 24 hours in a day, right? And there's only so much that we can do. And the more you focus on just a few core concept ideas, the more results you're going to get. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Executive Order Podcast, a show for small business owners who want to learn how to do less to accomplish more. I'm a professional organizer based in Somerville, South Carolina, and I know there isn't a one-size-fits-all for organizing within your business. In talking with my guests and chatting about our struggles, our wins, and our lessons learned, I hope that you can learn what works best for you to create a business and a life that's just right for you. Hey, everyone. So today we have the pleasure of chatting with Joanna Jemlewski. She is a high-performance coach and a portrait photographer. She focuses on working in the coaching space for individuals, businesses, and of course, her portrait photography. Hey, Joanna, it is so nice to meet with you and chat this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to actually talk about this, especially for creatives. Yes, I love not to single anyone out, but I, I love having a focus on on creatives and organization because it can feel really overwhelming because yes. either creatives themselves have labeled themselves as disorganized or just their habits have proved that they're disorganized or there's always kind of this like oil and water thing with creatives and organization. So I love hearing from other creatives that have kind of mastered this. Yes. So will you talk a little bit about how whether you want to start all the way with photography or even before that and how you have gotten to where you are now in your business soulscaping. So I actually started out as a performance coach and uh, just working on helping my clients get peak performance. Then about, uh, I would say six, seven years later, uh, I bought my first DSLR camera, which I had been, uh, I had forgotten about my love for photography and I wanted to get back into doing something for myself. What I didn't realize when I bought that camera is that it would actually become a tool in my business, in my coaching business. And I discovered a portrait photographer that essentially did what I did in coaching with the camera. And so I started mentoring under her and studying under her and finding ways to help women really reconnect back to themselves. So what I started to do is I started to use my camera as a way to reconnect women back to themselves, which when they leave the session, they would leave feeling like a completely different person. And when you feel like you are congruent, you are flowing in who you are and in your power, it completely affects the way you go out and start to live life. Then I started working with photographers and creatives and mentoring them on their businesses. But along the way, I kind of had to figure out some of my own setbacks. And one of the double-edged swords of being a creative is that you are always in the flow and getting ideas. You're getting inspired by whether it's music or other visual pieces or other people that you see. There's always that flow of inspiration going through you and you're getting ideas and especially if you are a visual creative, they come at you like 10 a second because what you're doing is you are thinking in pictures because you're a visual person. And so when you think in pictures, it's that much faster, which is great. But if you don't know how to manage it, it can be very overwhelming. 
what was it about getting into the coaching space that drew you to that? Uh, I went to an event that completely changed my life. And I had no idea that there was this whole space of coaching in the first place. Um, this was back in 2002. So it wasn't coaching like it is today. Today, pretty much everyone knows what a coach is. But back then, it was like in its infancy stage where people were first starting to learn about life coaches, um, performance style coaches, and, and um, it was still taking shape. And so the event changed my life and I started to learn all these techniques to start mastering your inner world, your mindset, your emotions, your psychology and the beliefs that you have and how to use them all together. When I finally like got that into my body, then I was able to start thinking, okay, wait a minute, what are different tools that I can use to actually put this into a process and a process that works, especially for uh, whether it's people that have ADHD or creativity or any of that. First of all, I don't think ADHD is a disability at all. I think it's just the way that we creatives function. We're always having these thoughts and these visions and these ideas that are coming to us. And yes, of course, it's going to be distracting because we, we can't shut it off, right? We're always in that state of flow. And it's a matter of knowing how to manage it and how to almost like put it into a funnel. So that way you can capture it and then use it at a later date. Would you say that your whole life you would have considered yourself a creative? Uh, yes and no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... I actually started off as an engineer. However, I, in, as a child, I did uh, play the flute. I did love art. I did love photography. So there was always that balance for me of left brain, right brain. Mm. And I went initially into the left brain world, into a career in that. And then I realized there's this huge right brain side of me. And then I stepped into that. And so now I know how to balance both of them. And I think that's really where the performance technique lies, is you're taking the right brain ideas that you have and the inspiration that you have, which is where all the creativity comes from. But then you're giving it a structure. You're giving it a framework with the left brain. And by using the two together is where you can really start to create a masterpiece in your schedule in your organization, in your life, your business, whatever it is that you want to move forward. Um, and it doesn't matter on what level it is. It could be on a small daily level or it could be on a, a higher project level that's over time. I was surprised that you had both the, like you said, the left brain, right brain. That's a pretty unique mix, especially to feel like so balanced in both of them. And I think you're absolutely right in the sense of how those two kind of how the, the left brain can kind of help manage the processes and scheduling and all of that to really help enhance the performance of that more right brain side, that more kind of scattered and inspired and kind of fast moving, like you were saying, thinking in, in pictures. Um, did you find, so because you initially were pursuing kind of that left brain thing, as far as like organizing as a child or scheduling or anything like that, was that something that you had to 
learn at that time or something that kind of just came naturally, even though you had this creative skill set? I think it was a bit of both. Um, you know, back then we didn't have as much noise as we have now. So it was a lot easier to manage. It was a lot easier to organize. Now, today, with notifications, <laughs> you know, you have so many apps, you have so much information coming at you all the time. It's a lot more difficult. And I think that's where a lot of the overwhelm comes from. And so I learned the core, I kind of taught myself the core structure of how I needed to break things down as a child. And, but obviously as you go through life and even in this, I guess, information age that we're living in, where we have all this data, all this information coming at us, you still have to evolve it to the next level. And if you don't evolve it to the next level, then, and you keep doing things the way you, you've been doing, that's fine. But as, I mean, the, the information isn't going to stop, right? It's going to keep increasing. Technology is going to keep getting faster and faster. It's just going to start to get more overwhelming if you don't continue to refine that process. Yeah. Is that something that you personally have to continue to dial in? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I like to keep things very simple. Uh, I'm a very big picture, high level thinker. And if I start to think on too many details, that's where the overwhelm starts to uh, kind of overtake me. And so the very first thing that I do is I get started with a mind map because the mind map allows my brain to handle all of the ideas and all of the flow that's coming through. And by getting it out on paper, I'm no longer storing it in my body which is where the overwhelm is occurring. So I start off, let's say I'm working on a project. I start off with the high level, big picture project. So for example, if I'm getting prepared for a photo session, I would start off the mind map and in the center, I would just write photo session and then put a circle around it. Then from there, I would break it down to the big ideas that, the photo, that occur in the photo session. So there's the consultation, there's the styling that I need to take care of. There's the um, backdrop, backdrops in the sets that I need to do. There's the production. And then there's the final reveal session. And then the post-production where uh, the products are actually being created. And then within each one of those, there's other, other tasks that need to break down and that I need to handle. And so... Without having this structure of putting the main ideas in its place, all of these ideas are just floating around in your head and they have no place to go. And so the trick is, is that you have to get them out of your head, but it has to be in some sort of a structured way that you can easily identify it. And for a creative, we don't think linearly. We think radially, which is why the mind map works so well for us. Because with the mind map, it can expand to absolutely any level. It's infinite. So it's not like a, a checklist or an outline. Um, it's just this picture that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And you can keep going down into all the different levels of detail. And you can always add to it. So let's say if you think you're, you're done with it and then next week another idea strikes, you can always go back and you can add to it very easily. And then, of course, with the creative... The great thing about a mind map is you can make it as beautiful as you want. So you can start to put colors in there, shapes, icons, photos, whatever you want. 
And then now it starts to become a visual map, really, of your brain and what is what's going on in there, all the ideas that you have and how they work together and then how to structure them together. And because of the visual aspect, you can look at it really easily and know, okay, this is what I have to do next without actually reading like a hundred words because the visual part, it, it just, it's so obvious to you. So I start off with that overall mind map, break down the main ideas. And then I start going into the details for each one of those main ideas of what needs to get done. Once I have that completed, now I can start to create my plan. So the mind map serves as the larger picture project plan of where it's headed. And it shows me uh, exactly what I'm going to be doing when. And then I'm using the mind map as the original map to then pull pieces from to put on my schedule of what needs to be done when. I have two questions. Yes. First, going back to the beginning of your description of the mind map. Yes. You said that to get the overwhelm out of your body, how do mm-hmm. you just to kind of, for people that aren't yet tuning into their body, mm-hmm. how does that feel to feel overwhelmed? What, what cues do you start to experience that you're like, oh, wait a sec, hold on. Yeah. I, I've got to sit down. I got to make a mind map right now. What does that feel yeah. like for you? So it's different for every person, but in general, usually the first thing it does is it stops you. It's all sudden you're, you start to feel like, oh, I can't do this. This is too much. And whether it's a heaviness or a weight or just like um, too much information or something coming at you or feeling like you can't keep up, it, it's usually something all, along there and it could feel different in your body. So you have to kind of... Um, feel it out. But usually it starts with with the thoughts first. And so you might feel it in your gut, you might feel it in your chest, you might feel it on your shoulders. But it's the trigger questions, right? So what is what is it that what's the first thought that's coming to mind? What it's like, why are why are you being stopped right now? What's holding you back? Yeah. My second question is, I'm picturing this beautifully designed mind map that you had mm-hmm. just done a brain dump of everything that you have to do. Then you take it and move it into whatever your day-by-day to-do list or schedule or some other structure. Mm-hmm. Why do you go from this giant, beautiful picture into yes. a smaller, more bite-sized or, or however you yes. want to describe that? Why, why the two list? Uh, I would say probably the best way to describe it is the mind map is the right brain and the day plan is the left brain. If you don't, like if you are just dreaming about it and thinking about it, what are the chances of it getting done? (laughs) It's not until we actually put it down in our calendar and we say, okay, this is what I'm going to work on today and have a structured plan that we actually get it done. And yes, uh, going back to the mind map, you have now, let's say you feel like, okay, yes, this is it. This is my project. This is my plan. But where do I start? Mm. I know exactly where it's going to go, but where do I start? Like, what's the best way for me to do it? And so then what I teach my clients to do is to look at the, the mind map and ask yourself, 
which of these 20% are going to get you 80% of the result that you want to meet your outcome? And so you take a look at your mind map and you start to pick off the chunks that you believe are the ones that are going to get you 80% of the way there just by focusing on these two or three small things. And so then you can start to prioritize which to do first, which to do second, which to do third. So especially, let's say you are creating your marketing plan. So you can create a mind map around your marketing plan of what you're going to do when. So you could have your social media. You can have, uh, let's say, podcast interviews like this. Um, let's say a YouTube channel. Um, same thing with uh, Instagram TV, right? And so you have all these different platforms. And you start to, and you have everything mapped out of what you can put on each one. But then where do you start? And so that's when you look at it and you say, okay, based on my outcome of who I want to reach and the problem that I want to solve for them, which two or three of these are going to get me 80% of the way there? And then, okay, well, maybe it's YouTube and LinkedIn, or maybe it's doing a Facebook group strategy, or maybe it's going fully on Instagram. But when you start asking yourself, what's going to get me that result the fastest, then you start to build up the momentum. And the more momentum you have in the beginning, the more excited you start to get. The more you start to get into that flow phase and high performance, and the more you start to get done, and it's all happening very organically, very naturally for you. I'm wondering, because you picked the the marketing example and kind of named Mm -hmm. off some social media, and we're in that information age, it feels like just since the turn of the new year, this is Mm -hmm. February that we're recording this, you know, between you've got to be doing the reels, you know, are you going to be on Clubhouse? Pinterest is doing stories. Are you going to be there? Are you doing... I mean, you might already have four or five or six things on that mind map, and then it feels like you need to keep adding more. And by the end of the month, by the end of the quarter, you've got 12, 13, 14. How do you, as all this new information is coming in, how do you still manage what you already got going on and make the decisions on what to do next? So the beauty of the mind map is that you can keep capturing things on there and refining it. So you can, as let's say new platforms are coming out, like you just mentioned Clubhouse. Clubhouse basically exploded in the last month or two where everyone has been getting on there and, and doing things. You know, six months ago, I didn't, I had never heard of Clubhouse. So now I can go in and I can add that to my mind map. And then also maybe there's another platform that I was using that just is no longer working for me or I'm switching my target market and they're not on there. So let's say that was Instagram. So now I don't want to use Instagram anymore. So I can just cross off Instagram on my mind map knowing I'm not going down that path. I'm not going down that road. So you can think of each one of those ideas that you branch off the center idea as a path and a road that you are going down in order to reach your destination, which is your final outcome, your result. But if this mind map keeps growing, then it can get very overwhelming And it also no longer focuses where you put your time and your energy. Because we all only have 24 hours in a day, right? And there's only so much that we can do. And the more you focus on just a few core concept ideas, 
the more results you're going to get. And it's not just the focus, but it's also the consistency. So you can't say, okay, this week I'm going to work on Pinterest. Next week I'm going to work on Instagram. The following week I'm going to work on Clubhouse. The following week I'll go on Twitter, right? There's no consistency there. So you have to create a plan that you know that you are going to do consistently and that it's going to, that's going to get you the result. So that's why we ask the question, which 20%, which is usually two or three items on here, are going to get me 80% of the results? If I can just build up that momentum in the beginning, then things can start to really evolve from there. And then once I get that working consistently, and it's working as a system for me where I'm not the one having to necessarily put in the time for it, then I can go on to another platform. But to try and do it all at once is where it's just a recipe for failure. It splits off your brain into different um, areas and you never really get that consistent performance. So that's why that key question of which 20% will give me 80% of, uh, of the results, the 80-20 rule, is really the one that's going to help you structure your day. What are some of their roadblocks in getting into either mind mapping or, or something in this way of reevaluating and doing some sort of maybe using a different system? Maybe mind mapping is new to them or maybe they're more of a linear, I mean, like maybe they have only been told to do something in a linear way. So this is like really new to them. Yeah. I would say most of the clients that I work with, it actually starts before the system. And that is they don't know where to start. They are just so overwhelmed physically and emotionally in the first place because of all this information or all of these tasks that they have to do that they honestly just don't know even where to start. And the very first thing I say to them is I say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to simplify this. So let's get all the ideas out first. And I don't, I don't call it a mind map. I just say, let's just get all the ideas out first. And then we'll start to see which ones are going to be the ones that will move you toward your goal the fastest. Mm. And so it's just having a conversation. And so it's not necessarily using a technique, but what, the, what happens is the technique gives it structure. And when they see it on paper, like even if I build it out for them and I show it to them and they see it on paper, they're like, oh, that's so much better. Like it's like all of a sudden they breathe this sigh of relief because we just took all of that mumble jumble in their brain and we put it down on paper. And now they have this map of what's happening in their head. Yeah. And they can start to see where it's heading. So it's so important to basically take all of that overwhelm and to remove all of all of the excess and to really focus down on on the most simple and foundation foundational ideas that they have that they can just start with. Because if I can get them started and I can help them build up the, that momentum in the beginning, then they're they go off on their own. And then they start implementing and then they start working on the next idea that they had on their map and then the next one and the next one. So really what most of them hire me for is just that building up that initial momentum. Because once they have it, then they get into that state of flow. They know how to manage what's going on in their head and then they can do it on their own. So it's kind of just that initial boost. Yes. That confidence builder, that uh, strategy, that getting all of those ideas and putting them into one place. 
I was thinking too, you kept saying um, they feel lighter or they're not as overwhelmed. I mean, if you have 10 ideas in your head, they each have a weight to them. You know, imagine if you were carrying 10 gallons of milk, you know I mean? Each gallon of milk that you set down, it's like, oh my gosh, oh my arms, that feels so much better. And I can, I can carry the baby or I could do this or I could do that because my arms are free to do those things. And I know that all 10 gallons of milk are sitting right there. They're for when I need them. I've, I've got them. I don't have to carry them in my arms all day long. Yeah. And you know, it also goes, I mean, it's been proven that we have decision fatigue throughout the day. We're making so many decisions. And the more decisions you make towards the end of the day, you just, you feel like you can't do it anymore because you've already used up all of those muscles. So again, the beauty of the mind map is if you have all these ideas, but it's not part of the 20% that's going to give you the 80% of the results, you know, you don't have to make a decision on that one right now and you push it off to the side. And so it helps you to manage all of that decision fatigue as well. And like you said, it's like literally pulling the weight off, not having to carry all of those gallons with you and trying to figure out how am I going to make it over there when all of this is here is holding me back. Yeah. The way that you, again, I, I understand that you're, you may not be using the word mind mapping with your clients, mm-hmm. but to just use the word mind mapping, mm-hmm. are there any ways that you use it? beyond your business is in a more personal way that you can oh, yeah. kind of help CEO. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about mind maps is you can use it for absolutely anything. So here's some of the different things that I've done with them. So I use it for business planning. You can use it to create a relationship vision for yourself. If you know, for what you want for you and your partner, you can use it to take notes Using it for notes is so fantastic because now you start to see all of those concepts and ideas that the teacher is giving you and you're putting it into the uh, arrangement of of how the ideas function together. It's not just one note after another when when you take it out like on paper and you do it linearly. You actually start to see the relationship between the ideas because you can link them together, which gives you a whole other different uh, kind of uh, a mindset on it, the, a way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can use it for planning a vacation. <laughs> I mean, there's, or, or your nutrition, if you're trying to lose weight, whatever your goal is, um, there's just so many different things that you can do with it. And so the mind map is just a tool for getting all of those ideas down and to create a plan out of it. And so it's, it's not just, um, it's not just for, for one particular area. You can apply it in all sorts of different ways. And again, the beauty of it is you can be as creative with it as you want. Which is such a fun, now for me, super linear. I like to be creative, but it's like very much like a separate box that I'm going to put it on my schedule as a time to be creative. Yes. So the idea of just like a blank eight by 10 piece of white paper and yes. some markers and just like, hey, just put down your thoughts you know that mine will still be bulleted. Mine will still be in a line. Mine will still like yes. have a header and a, because that's just, that feels safe and comfortable for me. Yes. But I love just for someone that is more creative, it's not necessarily, maybe they have felt like it is a chore to create mm-hmm. your to-do list or to create your your daily schedule or whatever 
that may be, but instead it's a fun activity, something that yes. they can enjoy and do their doodles along with and, and really do the flourishes and, and make it this like beautiful thing yes. that really represents these beautiful ideas that they're having and that they're dreaming about and to really kind of have this visual representation of everything that's jumbled up in their head. Yes. And, and two things. One is I love the fact that if two weeks from now, let's say I'm driving and all of a sudden an idea just hits me and sparks something in me, I can go back to that mind map and I can add it in there very, very easily and put it exactly in the relationship of, of where it's supposed to go, like under which uh, main idea. So I, that's why I love this concept, because you don't have to sit down and do it all at once. You could have an idea hit you at any time. You wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, wait. And then you can just go in there and quickly add it and you can go back to sleep. <laughs> you know, so so I, I love the fact that you can do that. Um, also, we have the creative mind map, but I've also just done a simple text mind map where all I do is just write words and link the, link the words together uh, for the relationships of the ideas where I really don't get creative at all. And so that way, that one is more of a, it's almost like a left brain mind map mm -hmm. because there's no, there's really no creativity to it. It's just showing the structure of the relationships between the ideas and how they're going to flow together. Um, and a lot of times I'll just do that one because again, I'm getting so many ideas in my head and I'm trying to map them out I'm, and I know I need to get them out. So I'll just do a, a text mind map. But if I know it's something that that I really want to inspire me and it's like a longer term project and I really want to get creative, then I can go back and I can put like icons in there, colors in there, change the relationship of the lines. So, for example, if something is a really important idea or let's say you choose your three paths that, you know, are going to uh, create that 80 percent momentum for you, then those lines, you can make a thicker line or almost like a triangle, and then you can color it in. And so you know that the three blue triangles that are leading you down that path, those are the ones that you're starting with. And so you, again, having those visuals, it, it gives you the plan of where you're going to go, but it does it visually. It's not like saying, okay, here's where I'm going to start and having to write it out. You see it and you automatically know, because you know, okay, I'm looking for the blue triangles. Okay, this yeah. one, this one, this one. And it leads you down that road. Another somewhat decision fatigue thing too, because you're not like scanning for, okay, yes. well, where did I play? It's like, I'm just looking for this one indicator. And then when exactly. I find that indicator, I know what I'm doing next. Exactly. And you don't have to read through everything on there. You're just looking for the visual cue that is going to direct you to where you want to go. I don't have children. I'm not sure if you have children, but I can see this being such a great tool. It's certainly yes. not something I learned in school or anything at mm -hmm. all. It's very much like you take notes like this, you have a header, you have like, you highlight things. I very much was taught in like the traditional, this yes. is how you're a good student kind of way in air quotes. But I would really love to see working, especially with younger kids, grade school up to maybe middle school and just they have that visual and that creativity and just yes. that kind of chaos and just to be able yes. to just like dump it all out and, and really mm -hmm. just kind of whether you're actually using your hands, you know, whether that's doing it all with um, sticky notes or something and you can like physically be moving things around if you're more of a kinesthetic learner. I just, yes. I see this in so many different ways that 
I think is just such a shame that it's not, Yeah. at least again, for, for me growing up was not something that was taught or ever presented to me. Yeah. There, and you just brought up a great point. There's so many different ways that you can do this. So you could do it and write it out on paper. You can draw it out on a poster board. You can use post-its and actually play around with where the ideas may fit better because you may have one particular task that could go in different areas. And if you can, you can kind of move it around and see where it fits better on, to, on the plan, on the mind map. Um, you can also do it digitally. There's so many great apps out there now on both for your computer as well as for mobile, whether you're on a tablet or a phone. Um, I have one on my phone. And so it's great because when I'm out and about and an idea strikes me, I can just go in right on my, you know, pull out my phone, go into the app and just quickly add that idea into the map. And then it syncs and I can access it on my phone, on my tablet, on my computer and continue working with it. And so that's what I love about it is that it never really gets done until you feel like it gets done. But you can always go back, back to it, refine it, add to it, take things away. Um, so it just it. There's also these different modalities of how you can create it. So if you prefer something more digital, if you prefer something more tactical, where um, you're actually can uh, you have a high kinesthetic where you want to create with your hand, mm -hmm. um, if you love to draw. So you could do it that way. Or again, if you just prefer the left brain way, I'm just going to write it out and just put the um, the lines in to match the relationships and the ideas. So there's there's so many different ways of doing it. And there's no right or wrong way. That's the beauty of it. Right. It's however, it's best for you to get all that information out, best for you to make those relationships, best for yes. you to uh, keep coming back to it and, and focusing on it. Can you, would you mind recommending some of the digital ways or apps whatever you websites whatever you use to do these yeah um i know there's mindmeister the one that i use is called mindnode i really like that one it's super simple i like for it to be simpler so i can quickly get the ideas out uh but then i can always go back and i can refine the colors and add some icons in there whatever i need to do but sometimes especially if i'm really working on a more creative project I really just want to write it out because there's something about having that physical movement, right? Where your body is like, it's literally releasing the idea and it's manifesting it on paper. And yeah. you don't get that with digital. So it really depends on what type of a project it is, you know, and how inspired by it I am. I feel like sometimes if I'm really inspired by something, I just want to write it out. I just want to create by hand. And so I have, I kind of have mind maps everywhere. And I actually keep a specific notebook just for all of my mind maps. So that way I can go back in there. I can reference it and, um, and then, you know, flip through it, get to the one that I need, and then use that to create whatever it is I'm working on. That's a great idea to have them all located in one place and and to have that central, whether you're bringing it along with you or or whatever, that that way they're because I'm a I'm a sticky note yeah. person, so you know that any given time on my desk there's you know four or five six yes. pieces of scrap paper around telling me what yes. I gotta do. <laughs> like I said, there's so many different options for how to do this. Uh, if anyone wants to really learn about mind mapping and all and get like really inspired of all the different ways. Uh, Tony Buzan, B-U-Z-A-N. There's a number of books that he put out 
that not only go over the core concepts of mind mapping, but they're the visual examples in there are just there's like I looked at it. I was like, wow, I would have never even thought of this. And so it really inspires you to how to think differently outside the box. Again, really get those creative juices going. Um, and you see different ways of how you can actually visually create this map. But like I said, sometimes you just want to be simple and you just want to write things out. And there's nothing wrong with that either. So there's so many different ways of doing it. What I suggest is start off just learning the core concepts um, do a couple on your own first, and then just start to build on it and to see, you know, what you're comfortable with. Some people are more comfortable with drawing. Some people love taking visual notes. Other people, they don't have that, you know, that, that, um, I don't want to say creative ability because I think we're all creative, but just, uh, like that, that drawing and knowing how to use colors and all of that, like, that's just not that they're a little bit more left brain which is why right. we can go back to just writing it out and just um, having the words there. So know who you are and then push yourself each time. You know, well, what if I did a little bit more this time? What if I, this time I added color to it? What if this time I started to add, I, you, you can even go out and buy stickers, right? So you don't have to do the drawing yourself, put stickers on there of something that visually inspires you. Um, or if you prefer doing it digitally, you do it digitally, but choose whatever method is going to work for you. And if one doesn't work, it doesn't mean stop doing it. Try another one. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm so grateful to, to have this conversation. My wheels are definitely turning for myself. Like mm -hmm. I said, super left brain, super, you know, everything in line and in order, Yeah. but maybe for myself to just kind of push myself a little bit. And I have all of the art supplies. They're just, yeah, you know, for, for looking at, not for using. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. actually like pull them out and like use it to, to plan my day and to, to get my thoughts out. Absolutely. And when you're planning out your day, so you have this overall project mind map and you know the three roads that are going to get you 80% of the way there. So now... What you want to do each day is you want to create three outcomes for yourself. What are three things that you need to work on and then break it down to who, what, and when. And so that's how you start to take those uh, like ideas on, off of your mind map and you actually start to put it into your calendar and plan them out and take action on them and break it down into its steps. So you always want to start off from the end result of saying, okay, what I'm trying to achieve here is I want to have a marketing system that is going to sell itself and I'm going to do it using Facebook ads. And then you work your way backwards to all the steps that you need to take. And then that's how you start to break it down on your schedule. But again, all of this starts out in your mind map because that's what helps show you the path and the way there. And then you start to actually put the smaller uh, tasks on the day to day. That's very clever. And I wouldn't have thought to give it that framework of starting at the end and then asking the questions to go back. I probably, again, maybe the left brain in me would have like started <laughs> at the very top and try to figure out how to get to the end. Yeah. Um, are, is there any other pieces of wisdom that you would like to share in whether in the way of mind mapping or anything else that you think is helpful as a business owner in organization? You know, the biggest one with this concept is have fun with it. 
And, you know, some of these tasks may be things that you have to do that you don't want to do. And so attach some sort of an emotion or reward to it. And you can add that on your mind map as well. So let's say, for example, you have your entire business plan and then there's the marketing section and you know the marketing section is, you know, the 20% that's going to give you 80% of the result, but you don't like marketing. So how do you make it fun? So you start working some emotional uh, layers in there. Okay, so which tasks under my marketing idea are the ones that I'll have the most fun with? Because if I don't have fun, I'm probably not going to get a very good result. But if I enjoy the process and I have fun along the way, so for example, for myself, I don't want to create um, visual Instagram posts every day, but I love talking and presenting my ideas on podcasts. So the podcast will be the most fun for me. So if I were to put all of my energy into Instagram and it wasn't fun for me, I wouldn't get very far with it. But if I put it into doing the podcast, I am now, again, going into my flow state and I'm being pulled in that direction toward my result versus trying to push myself into it. So put that layer, like also ask yourself, um, what is the emotional component to each one of these results or to each one of these uh, ideas that you have in there and start to add that in? Because the more you're tied to it emotionally, the more likely you are to take action on it. So could that just be from a scale of one to five, five being your favorite thing in the world to do, one being something you would pay anyone almost any amount of money to do for you and just like writing it down next to each thing and just trying to pick the things that have the highest rating for you? Absolutely. And you just brought a really great point because having that mind map and doing that will also help you figure out what you should delegate and get off your plate. And yet it will still get you to the result. So if I, going back to that example for myself, if I love to do podcasts, but not Instagram posts, but I still need to promote my Instagram posts, then I know that that's the piece that I delegate out. I hire someone to take those podcast ideas, create a post and put them on Instagram for me. And it's getting done anyway, but I'm not doing the work. And I'm not sucking my energy dry, right? So it's such a great tool also to look at to see what you should take on yourself and what you should either eliminate or delegate to someone else. Awesome. Like I said, I my wheels are turning. You're going to find me at my desk mind mapping for the rest of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I so appreciate you coming on and chatting and sharing all of your information. Would you share with the listeners where everyone can find you at? Yes. So on social media, I am under soulscaping. So it's at soulscaping, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, everywhere. Um, And then my website is soulscaping.com. And there is a free training on my website that is actually all about overcoming imposter syndrome, which I recommend starting with because a lot of the times we're the ones that hold ourselves back from getting the uh, result that we want. And so whether it's self-doubt or mindset or anything, you know, and you can go through that process first and Within that download, within that training, I actually uh, recorded a meditation for you. It's like a a quick five minute meditation to really help you put yourself in a state where you're aligned with who you really are. 
And if you do that first and then you sit down to do this process, you're going to get way better results than if you're in a bad mood and you just, and you try and do it or you're forcing yourself to do it. So you can start off with that. And then also um, I have a downloadable planning sheet that will help you to kind of map out a simple mind map and then it will guide you through on how to break down your daily plan. So those are available on my website, soulscaping.com. And then if you wanted to reach me directly, my email is info at soulscaping.com. Thank you so much, Joanna. I It has been such a pleasure to chat with you and to get to know you better. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Executive Order Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're really enjoying the show, leave me a review. If you want to connect with the podcast on Instagram or Twitter, you can find it at Executive Order Podcast. And if you want more information or to connect with me about organizing, you can find me at zeniaorganizers.com. All links in the show notes. Can't wait to chat with you in the next episode.